Hi, I'm Erin Hartz. Welcome to Grace Plus Boundaries, a weekly memoir in a podcast. I've realized through the past decade of my recovery that I learn the most about emotional maturity through listening to the triumphant stories of others. Are you yearning to unpack the effects of intergenerational trauma in your life? Do you want to stay true to your feelings, yet also learn how to accommodate the sensibilities of your loved ones? I'm dedicated to cracking the code of combining boundary setting with grace towards one another. Educate, evaluate, and evolve. Let's do this together. your host and today I'm talking about triggers in the workplace. So this is a topic I've been really excited to talk about and this is one of the reasons I started this podcast was I started a new job in August this year and I wanted it so bad. I was really excited to get it and when I finally got it, I mean I've really been working towards it for years to get this job because I was working part-time after my divorce for about five years. I worked part-time, thank goodness. That was such a blessing. But I eventually really wanted to have control over a classroom again and control over teaching because I was really in the background for a long time being kind of a support teacher. And that was wonderful for what it was. But my true positives about my personality shine when I'm in charge of the class because I'm really organized and I can connect with students a lot better that way when I get to be creative and design the curriculum and all that kind of stuff. It takes a lot of work, but I really love it. So when I got this job last summer, I'd been excited for it. And then the second I actually got it, it was like that feeling of, oh shit, now what do I do? (laughs) Because it was definitely a big There wasn't curriculum. I had to build my own curriculum for my classes, and um, that's challenging. It's like, where do you even start? Um, But so this year I started this job as a single parent. I used to be, when I used to work full-time before I had my son, I used to be a complete workaholic, and I would get to work at 6 a.m. sometimes, 6.30 a.m. definitely, And I would stay until 5 o'clock at night, certainly, maybe longer sometimes. And I would work on Sundays. Every single Sunday, I would work a couple hours probably on grading papers and getting things prepared. And I would work in the summer. I would work on my breaks. And so I didn't see that as a problem back then, but certainly it caused some, some issues. Or it was... Really what I see is that work is a microcosm for a peek into what's going on in our inner life, right? So that's really what I'm going to talk about today is how work and the situation that is created around us working can be a wonderful mirror to what's going on in our personal growth. So what kind of growth have I been through this school year so far? It's, it's a doozy. It's been very challenging. So I started out the school year and I was hanging on, trying to 
pick up my son from school at reasonable times, not working too much. That's really hard as the first in the first months of being a teacher. At, in the beginning of the year, there's always a ton of things to do. And um, so that was a challenge. Um, I came across other challenges, just such as my body, now that I'm over 40, it took a toll being standing up all day, um, walking around and motioning all day, my voice being using my voice all day long every day. All that stuff, I would get home and my upper back would be so tired and sore. And I tried to keep up with exercise. Normally, I would run a couple, three times a week or so and do yoga a couple times. But I was last semester, I was only able to run two days a week and do yoga once or twice. So I think my muscles were starting to get a little taxed. I had to find some balance in my life somehow. And I've talked a little bit about this of how I'd come home and listen to quiet music and relax. That was one thing I tried to do to try and recharge. Um, But other things started happening at work too. So I'm going to tell a little story about the past and then come back to now. So back in the past, before I was in recovery, before I knew I was a survivor of trauma, I was that workaholic who was trying to be perfect at everything so that everybody liked me and so I liked myself. So I was getting the trying to get the positive accolades from every single person. And it worked for quite a while. You know, for years I worked so hard. I was doing really well, I think, in most aspects. But now I look back and see how since I hadn't done any work on myself psychologically, I basically recreated situations from my childhood in my workplace. So one of the biggest ones was my parents were a little bit domineering and this one time they kind of teamed up against me in the car. We were on like a road trip, just the three of us looking at colleges and They pinned me in the car to shame me about um, staying out late with my boyfriend. And this was, you know, I was in high school. I was like 17 at the time. And anyway, I really felt teamed up. And it it was a really rough experience that really did cause trauma to me, where I was trapped in a situation where two authority figures were yelling at me and shaming me. And I couldn't get out of it, you know, and I was supposed to think that that's normal in the way parents are supposed to act, you know. Um, But that situation recreated itself in the workplace. It's so bizarre the way these things unconsciously manifest again. So about four or five years into working my first teaching job, I had uh, I'd been teaching fourth grade that went really well. And then I did so well there. They needed someone to do sixth grade. So I moved up there and I felt like it was kind of a favor to one of my administrators. But anyway, some other stuff happened. We got a new administrator and she was pretty hardcore. And um, She never once came into my class to watch me teach, but she seemed to have a lot of opinions about me, and so that felt really weird. And this one time, 
they both were upset that I didn't do this one thing, even though I was killing myself working hard for that job. I mean, I was working 12-hour days at that time, and it's like they didn't even know. I mean, they, maybe they, they probably didn't know. I don't think I stood up for myself. But there was this situation where I was trapped in the principal's office with both of them, like, asking me questions, interrogating me. It was very traumatic. And I left there like, what the heck just happened? Like, why would they do that? And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do such a good job here. Like, don't they see that? But that was just me, A, not standing up for myself. And like, there's so many little things about the way I was back then that created that situation because I was passive. I didn't stand up for myself. I um, I criticized others in my head quietly and I thought I was the best or I wanted to be the best and it kind of put me in a little box of isolation and <clears throat> strangely and well I was starting to be depleted and I got burnt out you know on teaching and that was one of the biggest indicators that I needed to change something in my life and so the year after that I did I didn't know about self-care really, but I ended up training for a marathon and spending a little bit more time on myself, I think, and looking for ways to read uh, to get help with the things that I struggled with rather than expecting the people at my school to help me, which they weren't. I feel like I was pretty isolated on my own there um, because I maybe didn't know how to ask for help or whatever. So but if I look back there, I can see how I dealt with things then. And now coming again this year or this past school year starting, I knew that these things were probably going to come up again because I have a way of relating to the world where I see authority figures as somebody that should know more than me. And I, that's something because of my childhood trauma. Um, and also, I've very much felt like I wasn't smart enough and things like that and not good enough because of just thing, messages I got when I was a kid. And um, so I've really been dealing with that. So when I came into this job this year, I was a little bit aware that this might start happening again. And I started wanting that... Um, positive accolade from my principals now and both of them are have good boundaries in their own way and they don't do that they don't go around and now that I'm in middle school my elementary school it's a lot less micromanaged and they're really not around very much we're pretty much on our own unless we're collaborating with another teacher and so no one's over there giving me pats on the back, you know. <laughs> I have to provide that for myself or get it from colleagues or something like that. So to ask myself, you know, how how do I give myself that accolade? What do I need? And it's been taking me this whole semester to really figure out what I need. And there are days when when school is hard, when it's hard being a teacher and I feel overwhelmed Um with the students or there might be a behavior issue and sometimes I will ask for help now and that makes me feel extremely vulnerable having someone in my class helping because they're seeing exactly what's going on. I have this one period of my newcomers 
that all speak different languages, uh, mostly Spanish. And when I have another person in the classroom, I get so nervous to speak Spanish. And then I say stupid things, you know, and it looks like I don't know what I'm talking about. And it's so embarrassing. But I have to remind myself as the adult now that this is the only way to learn a language. And this is what my students are going through too, that they are going to struggle with the same things. It takes seven years in a country, they say, when you're immersed in that country to learn a language. And I don't have parents that speak Spanish. I'm doing it, you know, on my own. I did major in it. And so I have a background and I did live in Spain, but I'm so shy or I used to be that I did not give myself the chance to practice it all the time. So now I'm going through that. I'm practicing in front of my students. And thank goodness, kids actually are, even middle schoolers, because I do show up for them and I most of the time really am on the ball, um, you know, they kind of deal with it. Maybe they make fun of me behind my back and, you know, that's okay. But they're actually pretty kind to me. But when I had this other teacher in my room last week who is a fluent Spanish speaker, I said something really dumb and um, I was just so overwhelmed that day. That's why I had asked her to come help with this one student. And then she stayed for a while afterwards after she talked to him. And then I said something dumb and she corrected me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I know that, you know, and she was like, okay. And she left and I emailed her later that day and was just like, oh, I totally know that. And I like named the grammatical error that I made. And I was just like, I just was overwhelmed and my brain doesn't work well in my second language when I'm overwhelmed. I mean, if anyone has ever learned a second language and tried to use it when you're feeling overwhelmed, like that's the first thing that goes, right? If you've even learned a first language, if you feel really angry or really overwhelmed, it's really hard to think fast on your feet, right? So if you're thinking like it's already so much uh, mental agility for me to be trying to translate everything I teach and not everything. I mean, I try to speak slowly in English and, you know, make sure that my students get that too, but I'm just constantly like switching there and it takes a lot. Um, So after that, I felt that incident was really hard. Like already the student was difficult that day. That's why I'd asked the other teacher to help the counselor. Um, and then, then my shame about me not being perfect in speaking Spanish in front of someone, that was deep, you know. I mean, I was fighting back tears when that period ended and, uh, you know, looked like it'd take a couple minutes to get ready for the next class. But I had to do some serious work that night. I was really, really in a downward spiral. I really got the message when I was a kid that I wasn't smart enough. My sister is super intelligent and my dad is super intelligent. My mom talks a mile a minute and none of them have, like I'm a much slower speaker than they are. And I always felt like I wasn't as smart as them when I was a kid. Like that's the message I always got was that I was a quote-unquote hard worker and I wasn't a straight-A student even though I did do pretty well and graduated with honors and all that, but it was just never enough, you know. 
And it wasn't until college that I started noticing that I actually did have some things to say. Um, And when I started getting A's in, you know, like after college, when I had my, got my teaching credential, and then when I got my master's degree, getting straight A's in all those classes and it being such a breeze, I was like, oh my God, maybe I am like a little bit smart. Like, is that easy for everyone? Like, maybe it is. I don't know. I still don't know for sure, but it's kind of, it started to kind of build that maybe I did have other strengths than just the ones my dad valued or my sister valued or what, you know, they're really good at arguing. And my sister always wanted to be a lawyer when she was a kid. And so she's, she's just so smart and she devours books in like a second. And I'm much more slow about reading and stuff. And, you know, I kind of think like that's probably why I'm a good reading teacher and a good writing teacher because those things actually didn't come super easy for me. I had to work really hard to learn how to do them well And um, that's kind of how I see me learning Spanish now is it's kind of happening in front of my students, but it's a humbling experience that they're going through the same thing and even worse because they're middle schoolers. Like how embarrassing is that to learn another language and put yourself out there trying new words and stuff? And I'm trying that out and it's embarrassing for me, you know, and so I can really relate to that. Um, so I had to do a lot of work for all myself. I called friends on Monday night and I, you know, cried with, uh, one of my kind of spiritual advisors and she listened and, you know, I helped my inner child feel safe. I just said, you know, it's okay that you don't know everything. Like, where did you get the thought that you're supposed to know everything and be perfect all the time? It's just not human, and it's okay. You know, that one counselor, yeah, she might think I'm a joke, but is that true? No, it's not. Like, that was one really strangely really bad incident that just made me look bad in that moment, but that's not how it is all the time. I'm a really good teacher, and I have lots of proof for myself that that's true, and you know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying... Let's think about these things because the next time you're in that situation where you're expecting yourself to be perfect, it's like, what can we do in that? I think it's that little inner child in me that's just so sad and thinking she needs to be always performing to get people to like her. And um, I want to comfort her and be that loving parent to her and that it's okay. And that's how I want to be to my students. You know, if I can't be that way to myself then it's not going to translate to my students. And I want them to have a safe place to learn. And I want myself to be able to learn and grow and make mistakes and know that making mistakes is part of learning. We're never going to get better if we just hide and don't use our voice. So um, there we go. So those are some triggers at the workplace that I have noticed. There are so many more. But um, those are ones I'm dealing with today, giving myself that pat, those pats on the back that I used to expect other people to give me and not needing that outward accolade and letting it come from me and what do I truly believe about myself. So I hope you can give yourself some pats on the back this week and I hope that you'll start to study your workplace in a new way and think about it as a place of growth. 
and moving forward with more authenticity, more self-awareness. Take care, survivors. You deserve a big high five and a smile in the mirror for showing up for yourself today. Thank you for your dedication to introspection and self-awareness because our personal evolution is what will make this world a better place. If you enjoyed the episode, please give me a five-star review and share it with a friend. And let me know if you want to be a guest to share how you are navigating intergenerational trauma in your life. You're welcome to join my free monthly goal-setting workshop on the first Wednesday of every month. Just DM me at iHeartsAaron.com.